In Dick of the Week, we talk about dirty stuff and use dirty language. We're rated M for mature. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick. 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 Dick of the Week. Dick. Dick. Dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick. Dick. Dick of the Week. Give me that D. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. It is I, me, whatever. Liz. That was so regal. It is I, <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> and today we have a very special guest with us, Miss Ella Fritz. Hi. Gonna move your mic. Hi. Gonna move your mic a little bit towards you. Towards me? Yeah. yeah. Oh. You want to be near it. Hello, friends. I mean, not that, not that Ella being soft is ever a worry, but... No. <laughs> That's why we like her. Um, Ella is another local St. Louis stand-up and improv comedian. She's funny. She's great. We mm-hmm. love her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can, can you find um, Ella for a street person on, on the internet? Yeah, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, you just search Ella Fritz Street Person. And Fritz is spelled F-R-I-T-T-S in case you're, like, listening to this podcast sure. without reading the description, which, relatable. Yep. Yeah. It's very funny, though. She you want to explain what good. that is real quick? Oh, it's a woman on the street thing. So, fatal bus accident, which Liz's husband was a thing for. Uh, what, they used to be more of a talk show. Uh and they wanted, like, an on-the-street segment, and they thought of me, because I have, like, nervous, loud energy. <laughs> I was 19 when we filmed the first episode. Yeah. And they were like, oh, let's see what this kid has to offer. And it's... A so- lot. A oh, lot. Exactly. A lot. Maria Bamford said that she liked street person. Fuck yes. So if you needed more reason to go see it. I didn't her street person. She just watched it on my, t- on my Twitter isn't That's she dope. coming to St. Louis soon? She is. I'm not doing anything for it. Jeremy and I, I are planning on buying tickets because we love her. We saw her last time I she think, was here. I think Kenny's hosting. If I were to, oh. if I were a betting woman, Kenny Kynes would be hosting because Kenny hosted for her the two well, times before yeah. she was here. Yeah, it's it's Maria Bamford and uh, whom else? Jackie Cation. Yeah, sometimes the two of them will just do the two of them and not have. I would be surprised if that were. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. One of the two, and I'm gonna forget here, but one of them is a big romance novel fan. I thought it was Jackie. I feel like you know it's no, it's Maria or Jackie. One 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 of. I would guess Jackie. Yeah, because she actually started writing romance novels. Yeah. Jeremy actually was like, hey, you and Stephanie need to reach out to her and try to interview her for Dick of the Week. Well, that'd be fun. Let's do it. Cause we, we Let's just start having the biggest balls in the world and just like asking everyone. That's the thing. He's like, service. he was like, why not? Like, just it's true. They can only say no. Fucking show. Like, all she will say, exactly. All she'll say is no. It's she not even a fear it. thing at this point in my life. It's like, a, I don't even think about it thing. So we need more Jeremy input. I'm trying <laughs> Clearly. to look up the hutzpah to ask Maria Bamford if I can make her a pizza. <gasps> I would just ask for that because you make magical pizzas. If she need, if you need like a, a rec- letter recommendation, mm-hmm. I'll write. I'll write one and I'll, I'll add pictures of what you've done previously. Yeah, I was. You brought me one. I did. You brought I one. Have. And Do you want to eat it? What? Do you want to explain the pizza you made from my birthday party leftovers? Oh, so Liz let me take home birthday party leftovers from her birthday party. <laughs> and I just turned thirty, bitches. What's up? It was a What's good party. Up? It was a good party. It was a very good I'm party. glad I went to it. Otherwise, this conversation would be very awkward. It would be awkward. I'm very glad you were there <laughs> twice. You came twice at that party. Oh, that makes sound like you orgasm <laughs> twice at my party. Which, I, that's an excellent party if you did. I mean, I don't usually only do it once, so. <laughs> Everybody that I hoped was going to be at that party was at that party. Excellent. Do you guys have FOMO? You should. You don't know any of us, really, but you should have FOMO. It was great. Um, Do you have listeners that aren't in St. Louis? Like, people that are just like, oh, it's interesting that they're listening to this podcast. You know, I don't really track any of that shit. We very well might. I also, another thing that we don't think about doing. It's not about any kind of gumption needing. It's just I don't think about it. We make these, I edit them, and then I send them to Liz, and And I don't think about it ever again. And then I do all the social stuff. I'm going to be freaked out. If I ever meet someone that isn't in our very immediate circle of friends that listens to this. Well, because I have some podcast friends podcast friends who listen to it, but like I feel like they're still at least in the circle circle. Like yeah. 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 <laughs> there was a friend of mine and I were talking 
and I said, did I ever tell you, like, this piece of information about me? And she said, no, you never did, but I heard it on a podcast. Like, improvisers listen to podcasts. That Everyone tracks. listens to podcasts. It's a thing to do. I actually, exactly. no, I actually like, don't. Is that like a, is that sacrilege that I do a podcast but I don't listen to? No, them? Ian doesn't listen either. I just I like to read things. So for me, it's like I actually I've read transcriptions of podcasts. Is that weird? No, Earwolf does those. There was a beautiful like anonymous them. episode where the interviewee was a deaf person that was a big fan of podcasts, and he said like his translator was the one that was like dictating it over mm-hmm. the phone, and he said that um, he likes reading the. Uh, the transcribes of podcasts, but shows like Comedy Bang Bang get a little too like busy for him. But something like that this, makes sense. Yeah, something like this or like a no. few interview people. It's yeah, been interviews. A, it's I been love a thought it. of mine that I would like to move for us to be able to do that, especially mm-hmm. if we ever get to the point where we uh, record more than like a day before the podcast goes out. From your lips to God's ears. Uh, yeah, uh, but even if we don't do that, just like doing a backlog of things, I think yeah. it'd be interesting to. When we get an intern, all of our free time. let's get let's get an intern. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it'll just be us. <laughs> when I say intern, I mean it's me when my baby's napping. <laughs> Ooh, I can be an intern. <laughs> I love it. Just listen to our dumb jokes and write them down. Easy lemon squeezy. <laughs> when I think of both of you, I think, oh, Liz and Stephanie, free time queens. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like the other day I was like, I'm not doing a lot. And then I looked at my week this week and last week. And I was like, oh, I do do things. And then I also have to try to like hope that the kid's having a nap day versus a non-nap day. We had a non-nap day today. Oh. It was not good, and my nipple blood. So, oh man, That's it was so a nice. it was a full day. Like my boob hurts now. Now that I'm like now it didn't before, but now that I've talked about it, I feel like now it's like you're aware. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like when you're like, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, and you're like, I'm sick. And that's what it feels like, yeah. But my All boobs. day today, I kept being like, I'm going to throw up sometime today. I'm going to throw up sometime today because my apartment got um, sprayed for roaches. And oh. that kind of stuff always messes with me. I had a very heavy lunch. I went to the Midwestern. It was awesome. What's the Midwestern? It is a new um, barbecue place. Yeah. It's like, Whoa. it's walking distance from Bush Stadium. But I also don't care about, like, sports. It's, it's it in a- the same building as Jeremy's work, so it's right next... Yeah, it's right next to the stadium. It's, nice. It's, um, it, what, it's what used to be uh, the Flying Saucer. Oh! I didn't know it used to be the Flying Saucer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But it was really, really yeah, good. You, you, you should you were in Jeremy's building. I was. That's fun. St. Louis is so tiny and weird. Yeah, it really is. Random people are just friends with each other. Yeah, it always freaks me out when you, like, the worlds collide, and you're like, wait a second. Which, the improv world has collided with my college friends hard. Oh, yeah. Hard. Truman. Everybody went to Truman. Maddie Smith went to Truman. Yep. I Uh, mean, the best people went to Truman. Everybody went to Truman. Everybody went to Truman. I didn't go to Truman. I have nothing against Truman, and maybe I should have, like, looked at colleges more, but I didn't go to Truman. Jordan dropped out of Truman. Yeah. Twice. (laughs) <laughs> and then he went back. Like, he eventually got a degree. From UMSL. He? Mm. he got on the dean's list. He had a 4.0. Fuck yeah. I have a very smart husband. Okay. I got a 4.0 in my grad school. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to brag for something. So right. <laughs> When you get older and you go to, you're in school, you just, like, do better. That's just what it is. Yeah. Because you like, you're like an adult and you can and handle. Well, especially because by the time he was at UMSL, I'm sure he was very focused on, like, his degree and not like the 20, bullshit. He was like twenty five or twenty six. Yeah. yeah. Well, then not, well that he also had he enough that transferred over. Didn't want to sure. work at the ki- cupcake shop anymore. Yeah. No, I imagine because that's like one of the really popular cupcake shops. Yeah. I imagine that he was just he hated it constantly. He hated the and people. He, he hated the people that worked. The ages was a lot. And he's just a social anxiety monster. Well, he like, really so is. I. No, you guys are very similar in that way. Like you both are very. You seem very like extroverts. Personable. People yes. think that you probably have no issue being in public, and then on the drive home, Jordan will analyze every word he has said to every person and ask me if everyone thinks he's an asshole. And sometimes when I'm like drunk and annoyed, I'm like yes, and then <laughs> and then I'm a bad wife. But then I backtrack and I'm like I'm just kidding. That was jokes, baby. Jeremy yes, never asks those questions. Of course he doesn't. <laughs> of course he doesn't, because Jeremy's me. <laughs> That's oh, just kidding. Yeah. That's just kidding. Actually, I am always constantly on edge. I sweat a lot. So you and I are actually very, very similar, yeah. and Jeremy's the more I just don't extreme talk to other people version. Yeah, I just, like, I don't talk to Jordan about 
if I said something assholeish. I just like internalize it. Yes. Eat it. Yes. And hate myself. Yes. But I don't talk to him about it. Like I don't. It's because it's embarrassing. You'd be like, I said this terrible thing. Probably. Stephanie are the same. Uh, Myers Briggs. Mm-hmm. What is it? What are we? ENFJ. Yeah. I am. A- Sometimes an INFJ, depending on how depressed I am. Mm. But I normally an ENFJ. That makes sense. Yeah. I have been an INFP and an INTP. Mm, okay. I've always been introverted, always been intuitive, sometimes thoughtful and judgy. <laughs> in between. Yep. Yeah, you know. We're yeah. the campaigner. That's what our we're our, Barack Obama. I think yeah. he has our he has our. There's a couple other big ones too. Yeah. Yeah, it's a campaigner and idealist. Yeah, creative. We can like we're like the best cheerleaders in the world. We can make anyone want to do something. Yeah. What's your enneagram number? I. Oh, that um, I don't know. Meredith Hopping made me take this one. That's like the one through seven, right? Yeah, I'm a four. Tracy made me do that one. I think I'm a seven. I don't know. No, I'm a five. We were driving to Perryville. And she was like, you guys ever did the Enneagram? And she, like, passed around her phone so we could all take the quiz. Of course she did. <laughs> I think I only got five. We, uh, our improv group did it. Because we were doing, like, everyone's like, let's not do Myers-Briggs. Let's pick a different one. And that's the one we picked. And I think I'm a five. Are you, is it 10 on 2 or no thank you that you're going to KC with? 10 on 2. That makes the most and, sense. And Kazows. And Kazows. Well, yeah. And Tuxbucks. Wait, yeah, in Tuck, uh, Tucker's bucket. Tucky she's oh, Tucky yeah. Bucky. She's she's doing three things of the four right. St. Louis teams. Hey, if we I have any them. Kansas City listeners, oh, yeah. you should go to the Kansas City Improv Festival. Yeah, the weekend of the twenty third. I will be all over that bit of August. Who is the fourth St. Louis team. Game day. Of course it is. They're great. Like I don't say that in like. A, Ugh, of course they are. They have so but much like, fun. They do, and they've been to Kansas City before, so I'm not surprised that they're doing it again. Yes. Well, shall we? Uh, should we? Sorry, oh, but yeah. we're we're just gonna talk for like an hour and not do the thing we're gonna do. So, I'm gonna. Yeah. So we are jumping back into my lady's choosing, and I know, I know, you're probably like, but didn't you finish that? Yeah, we did. We are going back to the semi-beginning and choosing a different route so we can redo it. We are not going to reread all the party stuff because it... It was a lot. It's a lot, and it's it's building up. We're introducing we're introduced to uh, two or th- like several of the the main players. So of course, there's a lot going on. Um, but go to episode twenty two if you really care enough to hear all of that. Um, but we are going to start from the last little bit before we uh, make the different choice and we can give you and when we make our choice we can give you the quick little front the front page synopsis of the character we're choosing to yeah go with right yeah we can do that yeah Yeah. okay cool all right and i don't remember any of my voices other than craven who won't be in this oh man craven sounded like batman yeah Where's Rachel? I kept saying that to her. Because <laughs> I started losing my voice. Yeah, that's great. This is my craven voice. Uh, but I've never, I have no idea what I did for Benedict initially. So I would say you just sounded like pompous. Yeah. No. So we'll do a brand. Oh, that's what I would do. <laughs> As soon as she starts reading, she'll find it. I will. It's ma- it's it it's is. magic it. when you watch her do it. It's magic. <laughs> it's I, embarrassing. I love it. This is, I'm gonna have so much fun. And uh, <laughs> whenever Lady Evangeline comes back, I need to I need to channel my that voice I did at my birthday party. Yes. I like suddenly it was like a transatlantic like Hollywood posh person. <laughs> Partially because I demanded it. Yeah. Because I got I, Liz kept making me Manhattans and I got steadily drunker and then just started yelling, "Do the voice!" <laughs> By the so. time I got to the party, because I had to go after I got off work, everybody was already either like drunk or Jordan and Stryker who don't who weren't drinking. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. It was great. 
Because <laughs> wonderful party. I ate so much food. They, Liz got so much food. Okay. Okay. Sorry. All right. We, again, I say. I'm a good you, podcast guest. No, no, no. You should be jealous that you weren't at this party. Is all I'm saying. Okay, go ahead. Oh, that makes me so. Jeremy literally the next day was like, I think this is the best party we've ever thrown. And I'm like, yeah. We like all ended up in the basement party. sitting on the floor like a bunch of goddamn kids. <laughs> it was great. My friends kept trying to get me to another party that also sounded fun. That was like, no, nah, I'm going to indulge in Liz tonight. And it was a fantastic decision. Aww, I'm so happy. You that party and you're listening to this. No offense, but this was a fantastic party. Now let's do some podcasting. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Woo. <clears throat> we're at a party. <laughs> but we're ladies. Ladies. Lady party. <laughs> I don't know what my old lady voice is, so I'm just going to make this up. <clears throat> I feel like I don't want to look at you all. Okay. So I'm covered my ass. So the listeners, I'm covered. Mm, I'm not. <laughs> what the devil is that girl doing? That's it. A shaking voice grates out behind you, flinging costume jewelry about and disgracing my name after I show her nothing but kindness. The voice belongs to none other than Lady Craven. And from... The quality of its tone, it is clear that she has had more than her fill of Madeira. Uh, oh, God, now I need to figure out my, my fancy lady voice. <clears throat> ah, this is going to take a while. Think so. about Catherine Hepburn. I know. Like, <clears throat> oh, my dear. Uh, I'll get there eventually. You'll find it. You'll fall into <laughs> it. You must take my wretched aunt home before she further disgraces herself, Lady Evangeline says. Mm -hmm. She tuts at the dragon, dejected at what what could be your last turn around the tawn, ending so soon. You slump your shoulders and set your jaw. Your gloom gloom appearance prompts Lady Evangeline of gales of laughter. She cries. You act as if you've been banished from society. If only one could be so lucky. Oh, oh. Found it. You adore the sound of your friend's laughter, but not so much when it's squarely at your expense. Have I missed something, my dear friend? You ask as Lady Evangeline recovers from her right. Oh, of course you have, your chit, she says with a laugh. I have secured your invitation to Benny's, Sir Benedict's, country home party coming up. They always have such great fun, and this way you can (laughs) entertain yourself with the notion of eligible bachelors, such as my cousin. You laugh sharply in your response. This prompts Lady Evangeline to a fierce, stifled fit of giggles. A handsome, noble ginger interrupts your laughter. Mac! You cry. Oh, fuck me. My lady. You nod, a quick greeting to both you and Lady Evangeline, but all manners, all business. Yet his soulful eyes burn into you as he speaks. If you were sincere about helping lass, I may have a job for you teaching the kiddies at the home for orphans of the war. It is London, so if you are there and wish to inquire, I will, so I will receive ye. With another quick nod, he is off, probably to do good, and into the night. Lady Evangeline raises a gorgeous, quizzical brow. The opportunity to mingle with the upper crustiest of society's crust is supremely tempting. Indeed, with your humble background, you'd be a fool to turn down such a rare invitation to improve your standing in the company of your betters. And so the present the, the presence of Sir Benedict? Well, that certainly doesn't lessen your intrigue. Yet, you cannot help but be intrigued by the Scotsman's offer. You've always had a tender heart for children, and something but his rugged altruism sparks a dangerous recklessness in your chest. What will be next? If you wish to rub elbows with the ton, and Sir Benedict's elbows in particular, hustle your bustle to page 159, which is what we're doing, because last time we picked Mac. Also, I don't trust the words um, rugged altruism <laughs> that's fair they, that's really fair it always sounds like a man who cares more about being sexy than actually changing things which you know men sure it's also like a sexy guy who like it's all vanity muscles 
Yeah. Like, he couldn't actually change your tire. No, yeah. But I really feel like that's going to be Benedict way more than Mac. A hundred percent. No, we're oh, going no, no. We're going with the pompous bimbo ass. The, the himbo, as I read in a book the other day, and I was like, what the fuck's Here's a himbo? That. Had to Google it. Context you know, clues should have told me, but... Yeah, you know. I was like, what the fuck's a himbo? Sometimes when you read things, you don't think of them the same. No. Like, saying the word himbo, I connected the dots. Right, yeah. Also, like, he's dumb enough to give me money, so, like, let's yeah. do this. Let's get that Good paper. Mac doesn't have paper. That's true. This is the gold digger route. Yes! Oh, we should name this episode the gold digger. Yes! <laughs> All right, great. Okay. <clears throat> now we're on to things I've never read before, so here I will stumble over all the words. <clears throat> Nothing has prepared you for the spectacular yet elegant beauty of Manberley, an ancient <laughs> seat of the Gansville and home of Sir, Sir Benedict. Crossing the tastefully furnished receiving room, filled to the brim with the cream of the tawn, you remind yourself that you are the longtime companion of Sir Benedict's aunt, and you have personally been invited to this home, this house party by his cousin, Lady Evangeline. Truly, you have just as much right to be here as all these fine ladies and gentlemen, even if their handkerchiefs probably cost more than you make in a year. You raise your chin defiantly and search for a friendly face. Unfortunately, Lady Evangeline is nowhere to be found. Oh, damn it. Even more unfortunately, you see the toad-like form of Sir Charles Burley Fanshawe swiftly approaching, his face floored with excitement. And gin. Ugh, hard pass! Hard pass. Desperate to escape, you turn sharply left and find yourself running headlong into a body that is once familiar and disturbing. You force yourself to look upon the searing gaze of him. Do you know what I like? Disturbing bodies. Go on. <laughs> the man you detest and desire in equal measure. Yeah. Sir Benedict. I want to steal his money. You say through gritted teeth, what a pleasure. Uh, he was a huge dick to us. You didn't hear yeah, that part. Yeah, he was. He was. Like, he was very pompous. He was like very much. You're a poor bitch. You're a poor bitch. Take the most like. pompous aspects of Mr. Darcy and like, times a hundred. Yeah, so Mr. Darcy t- no, minus the good things mm. that you might have liked so far. Later, I didn't like Darcy at all. But that's a me thing. No, that's fair. He's yeah. but like before he like has his come to Jesus moments and starts like being a good human. Like this is what Benedict was doing. Into it. All right. Okay. Sexy ass walk into it. There it is. Yes, yes, yes. The pleasure is all mine. He kisses your hand, his eyes narrow with suspicion, as you curse your traitorous body for shivering at his touch. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I never shiver at someone's touch unless it's just tickles. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a weird that'd moment be real, in time. Especially like, you're, like, I'm especially sure you're like, like I'm married and I'm shivering at this other human's touch. That's weird. I've never shivered at Jordan's touch, so yeah. if it happens, sorry, Jeremy, that'd be that'd be rude. It was so kind of you to invite the Dowager Lady Craven and myself to this gathering. You continue in honeyed tone, laced with arsenic. <laughs> Lady Evangeline would have had my head had I not. Of course, I forget how easily intimidated you are. Boom! I'm so very sorry. I'm you, so hot. <laughs> you bite back. We're badass. <clears throat> Your kindness is quite extraordinary. Benedict nods towards Sir Charles Burley Franshaw, who is currently hovering in your vicinity, especially when directed toward those who are able to give you something. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a really old dude uh, who is wanting to marry us, and we're like... So, Charles Burley is an old dude? Charles yeah. Burley is an old dude who's, like, super gross, but, like, if we marry him, we'll be set for life, but we don't want that. Oh, yeah. I picture like, him as that guy who has diabetes on the commercials. Yeah. Is that Charles Brimley? I don't know. Who's Charles Brimley? I'll find out later. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Oh, Sir Benedict, you trill. You meticulous you, your meticulous mor- morality even in the face of such hardships as a baron baronetcy cuz he's a baron, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. A fine estate and a fortune does you credit. 
Sir Benedict leans closer and whispers in your ear, a scent that is a mixture of leather, sunlight, and all man envelops you. That makes me think he smells like outside. Yeah. A little, like a little someone, sweaty. You know, like a kid comes in from outside and you're like, uh. Oh, I hate that smell. Yeah. I'm thinking because of the leather and all man, I'm thinking like one of those like bath and body works cans. Oh. Like, smell like man. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Like, like spicy. Like spicy. Musky. It's like, it's like, yeah, we're bath and body works, but this is something your boyfriend will like. <laughs> yes. He just doesn't care. He will never light it. No. He will never light it, but you'll light it Unless the power him. goes out, and then he'll light that plus the freezer candle, and now your house smells like death. Yeah. And then you want to die. Yeah. Oh, God, my nose can't handle that. No, I'd throw up. <clears throat> By the way, he whispers, what is it exactly that you have done with my aunt? Your faces are so close that it would take moving but an inch for you to kiss his cruel, barb-slinging mouth. Why do you like his aunt so much? His aunt's a bitch. I mean, he's kind of in charge of her. I guess. Across the room, a glass smashes. Sudden silence descends upon the crowd. There at the entryway stands a man so beautiful. He looks like an angel. Mm Mm-hmm. An angel very mm-hmm. much of the fallen variety. How many of you guys can we fuck at this party? That is our goal. Okay. okay. Between him, a mousy young woman holds a handkerchief to her mouth, fighting back tears. Mm-hmm. Who is that? You whisper. But Sir Benedict is frozen as the classical statues lighting the walls of the room you are standing in, or is as frozen as the classical statues lighting the walls of the room you are standing in. His face drained of all color. Cod, he hisses. Did you say Todd? Cad. Oh, okay, sorry. What the devil do you think you're doing here? The fallen angel pointedly ignores him. For those of you who are not aware, my name is Rafe Kent Caddington, he says. Nice. Or should I say Rafe Granville? The room heaves a united gasp. You see, until recently, my sister Henrietta and I believed ourselves to be mere by-blows of an affair of the late baronet had with our notorious mother, the famed Don Donier of the stage. She's hot. Mrs. Mrs. Caddington. How wrong we all were. He tosses Benedict another look, at once triumph and venomous. Another thrum of whispers travels throughout the room. What do you mean by that? Benedict's silver-gray eyes are ice-cold as he stares at the intruder. Well, brother of mine, all has changed. Uh, You see, uh, uh. I have discovered the most interesting document. Cat... Cad thrust a worn yet official-looking sheet of paper in the air. What I have here is the secret marriage certificate of our late father, the baronet, and Henrietta's and my mother. You will see that it is dated two years before the nuptials of the baronet with Sir Benedict's own high and mighty mother, and six months before my birth. I believe anyone possibly acquainted with mathematics has already worked out what that means. Cad stalks towards Saint Sir Drur towards Sir Benedict like a hyena circling a lion. It means that Henrietta and I are legitimate offspring of Sir Pierce Granville. It means that I am the true baronet and owner of this fine estate and all its attending privileges. What is more, seeing as my mother was alive and well until just eight years ago, it means that the marriage between Benedict's mother and father was very much illegal. (gasps) Cad steps towards Benedict until their noses almost touch. And then make out. (laughs) Like weird incest porn. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know. It's just the tension is getting to me. And there's a picture. We'll get to that though. And that makes dear old Benny Cad pauses for a moment. Is that Cad or Benny? I will get to that. I'm not sure. Cad pauses for a moment, a golden version of his dark, glowering brother. The profiles almost perfectly matched. Nothing but a bastard. Dun, dun, dun! (laughs) 
So how do we get a threesome is all I'm thinking. Like, how do we get this going? You know how I feel about shared dick dick I know. DNA. I know, I know. But until like today, they didn't like, oh, that's not true. They knew. I don't know. I don't care that much. Oh, yes, 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 yes. This is Cad. This is Cad standing in the entryway. There he is. Did they draw a dick print? I mean, yes. Nice. A little bit of a dick shadow happening in those nice. trousers. There should always be a dick print. I'm very into those right now. Because dick prints are often in real life um, misleading in my. Experience. Oh, yeah, they're lies. Yeah. They're lies. That makes like, sense. In a book, gray like sweatpants. A gray sweatpants lie. <laughs> Google. No, don't go. I mean, well, if you like Google no. gray sweatpants dick print, like that's a thing now. Like people like, like that's like a no. trend. No, uh, I'll say this after. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. All right, all right, all right. <clears throat> the room explodes with chatter. Several ladies faint dead away. Cad stands triumphantly, fielding questions from the hangers-on who now surround him while. Behind him, poor Henrietta sobs quietly. Unusual behavior for a young woman who's just discovered she's a legitimate member of the Acrist- a- a- aristocracy. Thank you. No problem. You are at once suspicious, but immediately distracted by the sight of an ashen facer Benedict, now being fully ignored by his former guest. Your heart aches for him despite yourself. Nah. <laughs> I'm so very sorry, you say gently. Did you have any idea prior to this? Benedict turns to you, eyes blazing beneath his cold exterior. You would do very well to leave this alone. What? Such a brusque dismissal is shocking, even from him. You still... You, he stares at you piercingly, and you feel both your hackles rise in anger and your traitorous bosom heave with longing. Stay out of it, he growls. This is not a request. <clears throat> the very nerve of the man thinking he could boss you around so gruffly. If you wish to give him a piece of your mind, turn to page 260. Or do you storm off in a furious silence? The fool will only get a, get in the way, and there's clearly a mystery to solve. If sir, so, turn to page 107. So I know me, and I would definitely mouth off. There would be yeah. no dignity. There would be no storming away. Yeah. But I kind of like the idea of being dignified because I'm not that way. I can't decide if I want to like be in the fantasy or if I want to just like gut. Re- my gut reaction is to mouth off. Yeah, I was thinking. I like that. I was also thinking possibly storm away. Like he doesn't want me to fuck with it. Like okay, you clearly don't care about me enough to like, like be vulnerable with me. So why would I expect you to be like any bit of vulnerable if we did bang? Oh, you want the vulnerability? Okay. No. Yo, you're the guest. We're storming. We're storming. We're storming. We're yeah, storming. no, as soon as the guest says, yeah. I just give my opinion. The no, guest decides. I love the opinion. That's, I'm a big old fan of the opinion. Because I feel like you were also the same as me, where I feel like we both in the moment would be like, you know what, motherfucker? Can I, Can I just say something? And then, I, then I'd walk away. I really want to know what she says, but... No, but it, good reaction. Like, walk okay, away. fuck off and right. walk away. Turning to where the walking away page is, I just stumbled upon a photo, which yes. I it, it's not this timeline, mm-hmm. so it's a spoiler for whenever we go back to it. But it's a shirtless Mac fighting someone oh. who's also shirtless. Yeah, oh and Mac is finally in. His, oh my god, we made a mistake. I okay, don't. Days. Oh my god. Okay, let's get. Let's mouth get off. mouth off. Mouth off. Mouth off. Well, okay. Let's do that. We're walking off. Okay. We're storming away. Okay. Because he doesn't deserve our words. He really doesn't. He didn't deserve any of this. Like, no. I just wanted to get my rocks off. But if you're going to be a... We could, we could fuck that other guy who used to be the bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You raise an eyebrow haughtily and bore your gaze back at him. Hell yeah. You are damned if you let yourself be intimidated. Of course, Sir Benedict, you trill as sweetly as you can manage. I shall do as you wish. Don't mind me. I am now off to do something demure. Needlework, perhaps. Yeah. I didn't know we were going to throw shade as we walked away. I thought we were just walking away. This is the obvious choice. This is what I would do. Okay. Okay. Good choice. You smooth your skirts daintily and trip off to find someone to interrogate. (laughs) To your mis... 
sorry. Real quick question. Does she have a name or is this just me? It's us. It's okay. us. Yeah. Cool. We gave cool. ourselves a name. I don't remember what it was. To your misfortune, almost immediately you were waylaid by Nigel Fickley. Ugh. Nigel. That sounds like a, a name I do not like. Oh, uh, I don't know what my Nigel voice is going to be. Can you do an Australian accent? No. Okay. Good day, mate. <laughs> oh, it's so marvelous to see you looking so well, he exclaims. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Fickley, but I have to. Nigel similarly cuts you off with a stream of boundless enthusiasm. I say, would, would you care to take a turn around the room with me? He yelps as an overexcited puppy, as always, Aww. and you cannot bear to reject him. Uh, of course, Mr. Frickley, you say politely. A turn around the room would be most... Mind if... Er, fuck, I already forgot my cad voice. Mind... Mind... What is cad's voice? You, is it like a little more sunshine? There's a little more sunshine in his voice. Like a little more like... Mm. But like manly. Mind if I cut in? There it is. I, uh, I should be a voice coach. Splutters. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel, as none other than Cad, grabs your arm and leads you away. Mr. Caddington, you say pointedly, trying to fight the sinking feeling that the raft of your well-being is about to be upended on the stormy seeds of Cad's whims. Mm-hmm. His dark eye, his eyes dev- devour every inch of you. <clears throat> That's Sir Rafe Granville now, sweeting, he says, backing you into a corner with that fallen angel's body. He leans to whisper in your ear, you would do well to remember that. You realize with shock that you have aroused his body. Now, if only you could get him to let something slip without arousing his suspicion as well. Now that the back, uh, black guard has you cornered, it is perfect perfect opportunity to coax more information out of him. Turn to page 65. This is going to be so much fun. Right? <clears throat> I see that you have something of a rapport with my bastard half-brother, Cad smirks. It must be disappointing to go from having hooked a noble to having designs upon a have-not in the space of just one evening. I have no hooks and no designs upon your brother, you say defiantly. Is that so? murmurs Cad. To your disappointment, your body is roaring at the the length of him pressed upon wow. you. Length, <laughs> you say. <laughs> Does dear Benny know that? You look up to find Benedict staring daggers at you. You stare daggers right back and turn right again to Cad. What he thinks is of no matter to me, you say as primly as you can manage, for I am more interested in what is about with you. It must have been very gratifying to find yourself to the heir of a fortune so suddenly. How did you discover the truth? Was it known to you for long, or have you just found out yourself? What does that matter? He whispers, clearly suspicious. Oh, nothing, you say. I'm just interested in what you have to say. Cad moves even closer. You realize too late that you might be in over your head. (laughs) Well, what I say is I mean to have you. He hisses. Whoa. He grabs your wrist and leans in closer still. I would never marry you. You struggle to escape his grasp. Oh, do not mistake me, sweeting. He jeers. I want your honor, not your hand. I have no wish to marry. Brother, dear brother Benny, for all that. If all you have, if, if you have it in you to pine for a stuffed shirt popper. He raises his hands, not holding your wrist in a vice-like grip, and strokes your face. You recoil at his touch. But Cad continues on. This party sucks. (laughs) Last time someone tried to make a move on us unwarranted, we ended up killing that bastard. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Mm. I forgot about that. That was great. I love that the 1800s, even though there was like less rights for women, we could get away with murder because people were like, oh, women don't know. I mean, Lizzie Borden, they're like, she couldn't have done that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um. (laughs) You could be a serial killer. It didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Still, 
A sweet little chit like you could do worse than to be kept woman of a man like me. Rich, well-stationed, legitimate, so hungry and so satisfied in all the ways that matter. Out of the corner of your eye, you see a familiar dark figure stalking purposefully towards you. Mm-hmm. Benedict's silver gray eyes blaze with a mix of outrage and what looks oddly like concern. God, Benedict's voice is a low warning. Not now, Benny, Cad sneers. This lovely young lady and I are, are having an ugh. Suddenly, Cat is doubled over in pain, for you have taken the opportunity in his distraction to infli- <laughs> inflict deadly damage to his iron hard manhood with yeah. your knee. Oh, yeah. Oops. Sometimes you should. It literally says oops. <laughs> sometimes you throw your knees. Sometimes you throw knees. Yeah. You know? You gotta throw knees. Sometimes you gotta throw That's knees. the best thing we have is, it knees. is knees. are pointy. <clears throat> it's like throwing bows, but your legs. Yeah. Benedict stares open mouth as you gather your skirts with exaggerated modesty and step around his fallen half-brother. You cannot resist turning and raising an eyebrow to that handsome face, the one that causes your foolish loins to ache. Shocked, Sir Benedict? You say confidently as possible. No, I'm impressed. Aroused, you might say. You were. Oh. What's his dick print look like now? Right? You were startled out of your triumph. This will not do at all. Benedict seems to agree, for his expression turns uncharacteris- uncharacteristically shaken. Never mind that, nor the fact that you would very much like to brush that dark lock off that beautiful, dumbfounded face. You have work to do. Squaring your shoulders, you fucking Nancy Drew, bitch. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Squaring your shoulders, you stalk primly out of the room and hear the sound of a young girl sobbing down the corridor. You really have no choice here, for intrigue is afoot. Follow the sobs and turn to page two hundred six. I love it. They wrote this so well. I fucking love this. I feel a burp or something happening. Well, all right, that was not me, but I, can burp on I cannot. I can't I'll throw up if I do that. All right, Excuse our me. listeners do not need that. We can edit that out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll never find it. It's staying. <laughs> it's right. part of our charm. Oh, hey, is your computer okay? Yeah, it should be fine. Okay, I'm just making sure that the monitor and the computer itself are like whatever. Yep. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right, cool, 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 cool. You follow the low, keening sound to the orangery. There, whimpering, much like a much-abused kitten, you find Henrietta. Miss Caddington, you say, but then quickly correct yourself. I mean, Granville, forgive me. The sound of her new name throws Henrietta into a flood of fresh sobs. Sitting down beside her, you place a sisterly arm around her shoulder. What... If what Cad says is true, she is a lady now and occupies a station above your own. Still, you cannot help but feel a sense of responsibility towards her. Be it her youth, her general air of bruised innocence, or the fact that she is in danger of flooding the orangery with her tears, (laughs) you cannot help considering her a delicate and neglected flower. Such a creature needs a gentle and skilled encouragement and care, but in this moment, there's only you. Henrietta, you say calmly. Your fate has just taken a wild turn for the better, yet you weep as one does for the dead. Forgive me my imprudence, but these tears do not look to be shed in joy. Nar! Henrietta shakes her head, gurgling most unbecomingly. I'm so very happy, miss. Honestly, truly, I'm so very glad. Her voice breaks and her shoulders are wilt even further. Tell me what's wrong, child. I matter not wit to your family, and you may consider me an ally as a woman. I am no stranger to sadness myself. Your voice positively sparkles with authority, and your and sweet innocent that she is, Henriette cannot resist you. It is just that I don't want to be a lady. She is again wrecked with sobs. Ladies cannot marry farmers, and all I want is my farmer, my sweet, kind, gentle love from Kent, my lovely, true farmer Sam. 
you suppress a sigh and search the recesses of your memory for some trace of connection between Henrietta and Kent. Evangeline said the girl was sent away for some time to be forested, and it was perhaps in Kent that Henrietta learned of a love as pure and true, unfettered by society gatherings and the lashing tongue, tongue of the ton. Say that ten times. Yeah. She's always... An illegitimate daughter may well find happiness with a farmer, but a lady? An heir to Manberly? Out of the question. Manberly? <laughs> Still, this whole business makes you highly suspect, especially because it's not just the fate of the man you detest that hinges on the re- most recent reverberb. Man that you detest that hinges on the most recent revelations. Tell me, Henrietta, you say brightly. Your voice shining like a sunlight on the poor girl's soul. Are you quite sure that your brother Cad's claims are true? He presses his evidence with more flash than forethought. I just wondered if perhaps this proof is a mistake on Cad's part. Made in haste? Earnest? Or... Henrietta looks up, her reddened eyes now wide with fear. Oh, you must not go looking into this, please, I beg of you. Should my brother ask, please, I I told you nothing. Why, dear child, you say, your already heightened suspicion climbing further. Henrietta's voice drops to a whisper. He, he said he would hurt me, and he said he would do worse to my darling Sam. She grabs both your hands so tightly it causes pain. And he would as well. You don't know what he's capable of. Before you can tell the poor girl that you already have a hint of that depth (laughs) of which Cad can sink, she rises to her trembling feet. Please, please say you never saw me, Henrietta says in hushed tones before running from the room. You follow her at a distance as to not draw attention and run headfirst into Lady Evangeline. Oh, thank goodness. You sigh in relief. What happened here? She asks, nodding towards Henrietta's fleeing form. Clearly, your attempts to not draw attention failed to escape Lady Evangeline's perceptive gaze. No matter, for you need to help her... For your need... Burp. No matter... For you need her help in getting to the bottom of this very murky business. Lady Evangeline, we need to talk. Most urgently. She nods her bright blue searching, bright blue eyes. Searchlights piercing foggy... What the fuck is this sentence? <laughs> she nods. Her bright blue eyes searchlights piercing the foggy haze of the, of the evening's events. Of course, my dear. Come with me. Turn to page 28. And this is when we solidify our sugar mama. I sure hope so. Ooh, we do get some choice at the end of this one. Where are we? Cool. Okay. The ballroom is a vast channel of well-bred, well-dressed, of well-bred and well-dressed, and Lady Evangeline sails through it with the the earned ease of a veteran sailor. To me, you are a friend, Lady Evangeline says. That is why we are drinking the good brandy. Once you reach the other end of the ballroom, far from the prying eyes of the ton and farther from the still doubled over cad, Lady Evangeline reveals a small flask she has secured to her retricle? Retricle? That's the, that's the that little thing. purse thing. I never know how to pronounce that. Retricle, I think. I've never heard it in real life. She swigs deeply and hands it to you. Drink. She insists. You know how to follow orders and do so gladly. After taking a sip, you open your mouth to form a question. She passes an elegant finger over her lips to hush you before you can. Please, she says. While I would rather you not be so intimately acquainted with the skeletons knocking upon my family's closet, it appears that they will stop at nothing to perform a danse macrib for you this very evening. A dance macrib done with two left feet, no less, you say. You both laugh and then write yourselves. Truly, Lady Evangeline continues. We are smitten. We are so smitten. But must I say, I have never enjoyed Kant's 
antics. I have always dismissed him as a vibrant man on the fringe of proper society, with misdirect energies, but his performance tonight has me concerned. Uh Uh-oh. Her lovely brow knits with worry. You, too, think there's something questionable with his claim, you press. I do, she answers slowly. But I am vexed. As am I, you agree. Benedict is a vex is a is a vexation to me, but I see no reason he should be thrown out of the street due to the claims of a particularly th- theatrical half brother. Do you believe there's merit to what Cad says? Lady Evangeline is silent for several moments. Finally, she says, "Cad and Benedict's father never spoke much on the subject of his affairs." or, I should say, marriage, with Mrs. Caddington. All I knew for a long time is there must be a, cer- a scent of unpleasantness hanging around it, like perfume gone, sca- gone stale. How so, you ask, eyes widening? Well, Rafe is the eldest. We don't know why, but the late baronet threw Mrs. Caddington aside for a while and married Benedict's mother, A most respectable woman. But then... But then what? You ask impatient. But then, a few years after that, he returned to the intoxicating arms of Mrs. Coddington. He could resist her for only so long. Little Henrietta is the result of that. But why did he leave her in the first place if they were married? Was there some secret scandal? Something in her past that made him lose his affection for a time, perhaps? Your mind reels. Oh, nothing like that, I don't think, Lady Evangeline answers. She was already well known as an actress when they became their when they began their liaison, but other than her profession, she was by all accounts simply a respectable widow. Her first husband died long ago after a trip to the uh, continent. Her husband's not dead. Ooh. I bet you that her husband's not dead, because that's the her wedding would anyway. She was the first one to have the illegal marriage. I bet. Do you suspect foul play? Not to to maling Miss Caddington, rest her soul, but could she have been? Could she have had her first husband taken care of in order to grant her life's pleasure with a second? Your mind is so thoroughly enthralled with intrigue that you do not realize the candor of your own tongue until it's too late. Oh, Lady Evangeline, I. Lady Evangeline looks at you with wonder and appreciation. No, no apologies, dear. It is a thrill to watch a mind as clever of yours set itself to work. Oh, this is hot. Still. Yep, we're going to solve a mystery together. I think it works in error. Mrs. Caddington was not known to be a malicious woman. She was clever and fine as well as loyal. As dear, she was clever and fine as well as loyal and dear. Still... She went to the continent married and returned a widow. Befuddled, you stare at the pattern of the, of the brocade curtains decorating the end of the ballroom. The weave plays tricks on your eyes, and you think you see shapes that could not truly exist. Answers where there are only questions. It must have been a trial bringing the body back from the funeral, you say with empathy. Excuse me. Lady Evangeline looks at you curiously. She did not bring back a body. It was too much trouble, so he was buried there, on the continent. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A shame, you say, but flutter of intrigue dances in your heart. Do you know where? She never, no one ever said, stammered Lady Evangeline, a woman unaccustomed to stammering. Perhaps he wasn't buried at all. You hear yourself say excitedly, perhaps the late Mrs. Caddington's first late husband isn't late after all. Perhaps he didn't die on the continent. Perhaps your eyes flash and Lady Evangeline's do too. Perhaps he merely disappeared. Uh, 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 uh. 
We gotta find this motherfucker. You are cool and sharp and a wonder to behold. Do you take a victory turn around the room and rub your grandness in a certain deserving someone's face? Turn to 98. Or do you get straight to getting to the bottom of things? Times of the essence. Turn to page 129. Straight to, the straight to it. I'm into this mystery right now. Like, I thought I'd be into the romance, but you know what? Nah, mystery. The romance is coming with it. It's coming with it. As long as we stick with our girl. <clears throat> Oh, maybe she'll have to come solve a mystery in Egypt. <gasps> maybe that's why she's going there. Okay, I don't know. Where are we at on time? I'm just curious. Well, yeah, I'm not sure how much more we can do, but. Okay. <clears throat> My lady, you whisper urgently, I think I need your assistance. Laughter dances in the, in the blue depths of Lady Evangeline's eyes. Anything for you, my dear, for you have me entirely intrigued. Good, yeah. you say. Yeah. Because I believe if I am to get to the bottom of this little uh, escapade, I will need to investigate. I see, says Lady Evangeline thoughtfully. And how may be help in this in Denver? You seem to know something of this Mrs. Caddington's associates. I was wondering if you knew any personally? Lady Evangeline raises an elegant eyebrow. Well, I must confess that I do. However, as much as I admire your freewheeling, suspicious following spirit, I am not entirely sure that visiting the person or their place of residence is a good idea for a sheltered young woman. Oh, out with it, you cry, cheered by the company and the good brandy. I may be a reasonably respectable woman, but I have lived long enough to know that something to know something of this world. Admittedly, much of this bravado is the brandy. <laughs> if she notices, Lady Evangeline does not let on. Instead, she throws her head back and laughs. <laughs> Oh, my dear, you are truly a treasure, and I certainly admire tenacity and determination. So, will you assist me? You say. Lady Evangeline smiles warmly. Of course I will. If you wish to remain in England, I will always endeavor to assist you, especially if it can help poor Cousin Benny. Oh, thank you, you exclaim, hugging her slightly her in slightly tipsy delight. Mm-hmm. As Lady Evangeline embraces mm-hmm. you warmly, however, a thought occurs to you. What do you mean if I wish to remain in England, you ask? Ah, uh, well, you see, my dear, I plan on taking a trip to Egypt. Oh! I am somewhat a keen Egyptian. Egyptianologist, and I have several dear friends in the country whom I've made when my men women when my late husband was stationed there during the war. It is a long journey and possibly an arduous one. I was looking for a companion, one with a sense of adventure and initiative, who might be able to handle the rigors of journeying to a strange land. Oh, it me, it me, it we, me! We did it. You stare at her astonished at what you think she's implying. So, my dear, what do you say? Would you like me to assist you in your adventures in London, or would you like to assist me in my adventures in Egypt? Egypt! And is that where we're letting off? I think that might be oh, the perfect... Is it really so I will read to you the options, dear listeners. Do you continue on your sleuthing journey to London? There is intrigue afoot, and you must get to the bottom of it, especially if it assists the man that you feel somewhat sorry for, though you obviously don't really care for him. <laughs> if so, turn to page 200. Or... Abandon your sleuthing journey for some adventure in the land of pharaohs with Lady Evangeline. Oh, Hell yes. We know. Oh, Turn to page 217. Yes. Oh, my God. That was good. I'm excited. Oh, my God. We've been waiting for this. We found it. It's like, it's just, it, that's wonderful. I'm so happy. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. We should have gone to the party in the first place. That was on us. Hey, I don't regret anything. <laughs> I don't regret anything. Except for almost dying. Yeah. I, I leaned back too far in my chair. 
<laughs> well, um, uh, as always, yeah. Thanks for listening to us do a thing. Yeah. Um, as always, you can find us at climbedcast.com, Spotify, Apple, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. all those places now. Uh, do us a giant solid and leave us a review because that's helpful for other people finding us. Uh, we mm-hmm. don't really talk about that shit a whole lot, but really, if we want to grow our audience, the best way to really do that is people reviewing us and sharing that we exist with other people. Yeah. And if you've if you've listened to love the Love and Lust season one, if you could do that for them yeah. that as well, that'd be dope. Also, listen to Love and Lust season one. Uh, we're currently in the process of working on season two, and we're pretty stoked about that. So these are all the things. Um, Business adjourned. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ella. Yes. Thank you. Happy to be on. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So until next time, friends. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We would love to hear from you. So contact us at lnlsmutcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at lnlsmutcast. Find episodes of this and other great shows at calamitycast.com or wherever you find your podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Dick of the Week. This has been a Calamity Cast production. For more content, visit calamitycast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.